Hey, hey, listeners, thank you for tuning in today. Are you ready? Listen on as Doug Philp shares stories of restoration meaningful for life each and every day. Here we go. Hello, my listeners. Doug Philp here, your host of Restoration on Fire. I say God bless to each and every one of you for listening today. I thank you. I thank you for taking time to hear me, to listen to the Word of God, and to allow Him to do a work in you. Today we're going to read out of Ephesians chapter 4. Over the weekend, uh, my wife and I, uh, we lead a, a prayer team on Saturday and Sunday mornings. And on Saturday morning, one of the ladies, um, after prayer, we were having a conversation, and this this young mother, uh, she she was uh, asking some pretty hard questions, and one of those questions, and, and she wanted an answer, one that both satisfied the question and gave her the tools necessary to to help others to see God for who he truly is and how we apply scripture in our lives. Now the question was born out of recent events that are occurring here in the United States. Um, If you're elsewhere around the world and we're not the center of the universe here, however here in the state several people get to focus on politics and, and whatnot and they can get their thinking skewed a little bit. And with some of the decisions that had been handed down recently from the courts, people are all aghast and and don't know how to maintain, let alone go forward. So the question that this young lady asked basically centered around both the heart of an individual and how to help people to be better. Essentially, um, the core of her question and the answer is, like I said, it's centered around the requisite that everyone believes in one Lord, one faith, and the unity of believers. Otherwise, you know, it's pointless to try to uh, help people grow if, for instance, you discern that they're just there trying to be an agitator. They really don't want or if they know what the answer is, they don't they don't accept it as the answer. And it's about pointless then to even try to engage them in conversation, let alone um, a unity of the faith. So, let's take a look at Ephesians here. And I guess really before that is her question was centered around how do you answer somebody who says that... I believe in God and he doesn't expect me to change or they come to the Lord they 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 claim that they have professed and and confessed Jesus as their Lord but yet they believe that they're not in a position where they have to change or adhere to everything that's written in the Bible it's kind of an a la carte type of thing for them so My answer, my response for this young woman and for you, and certainly for myself, is found in Ephesians chapter 4, 
Now in the first part, we're going to pick up at about verse 17 and read through 24, those seven verses or so. The first part of chapter 4, Paul is talking about <clears throat> there's one body and one spirit, just as you were called in one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in you all. So that is pretty clear cut and dried. One God, one Father, one Spirit, one baptism, one faith. And all of that is wrapped up in the believer, if you're tracking with me. Now, as we move further down, we pick up in verse 11 and 12, the equipping of the saints, uh, where he had given some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. <clears throat> so there you have it. Some are pastors, some are teachers, some are evangelists, prophets and apostles, and so on, all doing their part within the body. There are many members, but there's one body. And we all, as members, ought to be in the body, pulling together, teaching, admonishing, correcting, reproofing, loving, caring, sharing, and so on and so forth for one another, for the edifying of the saints, to the increasing of the one unity of faith and to the knowledge of the Son of God. That is what we are to do. And implied in that, I reason, is that you can't change, or excuse me, you can't stay where you're at and not or refuse to change in the Lord. That's not acceptable. That's what I reason. But let's, let's move a little bit further, down to verses 17 through 24. This I say, therefore, and testify in the Lord, that you should no longer walk as the rest of the Gentiles walk, in the futility of their mind, having their understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them, because of the blindness of their heart, who, being past feeling, have given themselves over to lewdness, to work all uncleanness with greediness. But you have not so learned Christ, if indeed you have heard him and have been taught by him as the truth is in Jesus that you put off concerning your former conduct the old man which grows corrupt according to the deceitful lusts and be renewed in the spirit of your mind and that you put on the new man which was created according to God in true righteousness and holiness. So there you have it. Not only are we as many members in one body building each other up, teaching, admonishing, and correcting, and learning together so that we are coming to the unity of the faith. We as individuals are to put on the new man and be renewed in the spirit of our mind. And that new man was created according to God in true righteousness and holiness. Again, 
I cannot stay a drunken wretch and claim to walk in the fellowship of the saints. Why? Well, because you don't have to go too far in Scripture to find out that drunkenness is sinful. So, if I'm going to be walking in the fellowship of the saints, while I'm not here arguing whether drinking alcohol you can or cannot do, that's for another time. Drunkenness you cannot become. So, therefore, using that example, I can't argue it's okay for me to be drunk, though I claim to be a follower of the Lord Jesus and I have confessed and professed in front of others that he is my Lord, I can't stay a drunk. I have to allow the Spirit of God to renew my mind and desire that that change come upon me and that I choose holiness and righteousness as I am learning and understanding it more and more. Not remaining ignorant. I cannot remain ignorant. It's one thing to not know, but that is why the edifying of the saints, that we grow up together in the unity of the faith is so important. We don't want to remain ignorant. I don't want to remain ignorant. That doesn't mean that we become mind-numb robots or the Pharisee of Pharisees. Not at all. That's not what we're talking about. It's, it's, it's allowing the Spirit of God to do its work in us. So hopefully, I have answered her question. I shared with her and her husband these ideas, these thoughts, and these scriptures more than anything else. And I believe that it is the tools that not only we as a body ought be walking together, helping all believers to grow in their faith, but we as individuals are accountable and responsible to put on the new man according to that which God has created in righteousness and holiness. And together we walk in the unity of the faith. We can't argue anymore, and it's not acceptable to even entertain the argument that God made me this way and I don't have to change. No, no, that's, no, no, no. That's just not acceptable. And Ephesians chapter 4, even from the first to the last verse, makes it all very clear in my mind, and hopefully I've done a reasonable job and helping you to see a little more clearly my mindset and what I believe Paul was trying to say as he wrote the book of Ephesians, particularly chapter 4. I'd love to hear from you. I would enjoy if you go to the website restorationonfire.com, reach out to me, either send an email or just uh, put a comment in a blog post or two, read some, share with what you think. I always enjoy hearing and uh, will respond in time. I thank you for listening today. Let's pray real quick and I will let you get on your way. Father God, I thank you for your word. I thank you for how you are changing me. I thank you that you are showing me deeper 
and more in your word than I have ever known. And it's all because I have applied daily this SOAP method to studying your word and allowing your word to study my heart. Father, I ask that you would take that which is not of you in these words and this message that I have shared and mold them into what it is that you would have others to hear so that it is your message, your word, that will not one day return void to you. As Paul planted and Apollos watered, you give the increase, Father God, not me, no one else. And so I ask in Jesus' name, your will over this message, not mine or anyone else's. I thank you. I thank you for those that have listened. I thank you for those that will listen into the future. May you have your hand upon them, drawing them to yourself. Your will be done in Jesus' name. Amen. And there you go. I am going to let you go. You have a beautiful and a glorious day, and I look forward to it likewise. And there you go. Another episode done and in the bank. I trust you heard something meaningful today. Take a moment right now and head over to RestorationOnFire.com for show recap and leave some feedback. Plus, you'll be able to find more great resources and many more episodes to listen to. And as always, be sure and be listening on. Oh,